You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Halloween weekend, we're celebrating 19 years on the air, and invited friends are going to continue to dial in and join the on-air party during this special installment to reminisce about their favorite moments in program history. And if there's been a man who has shared a lot of moments with us on the air and off the air, in the studio and outside of it, it's Sam Bushman. Uh, not to be confused with the other Sam, who is near and dear, who you heard from at the end of the last hour, but Sam Bushman, who, you know, when we first got started, we were on the local AM station, uh, but it was Sam Bushman through the Liberty News Radio Network who syndicated us to a wider audience and through various means uh, got us out to more listeners. And since 2009, uh, Sam has been with us and uh, has been our owner and has either produced the shows himself, uh, him, himself or, of course, uh, uh, been a, a hand in uh, the production team that, that currently runs the show has done such a great job uh, for the last two or three years, I believe it has been. But uh, Sam... Uh, I played the Twilight Zone as our intro music. Before we get to some of those behind-the-scenes uh, remembrances of yours, it has felt as though that you and I have started our own episode of the Twilight Zone in the last month or two. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about it and how you've been hand handling it? There's no doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. They said there's a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight. There's also a dimension of hate, ladies and gentlemen. And you've got the Southern Poverty Law Center, I-R-E-H-R, uh, you've got the Rolling Stone magazine and everybody else who literally has hate for everything we hold dear. Everything related to God, family, and country, they absolutely hate and want to destroy. And so what they do is they use projection and they claim we're the haters, we're the dangerous ones, the, we're the ones infiltrating uh, everything, but they lied to you. And I'm calling them out on it. They've attacked me relentlessly, even the Rolling Stone magazine recently, suggesting that I'm somehow evil. Uh, because I talked to a guy that supposedly praised Hitler uh, or whatever else, and Sam Bushman supposedly fundraised for these guys. Um, I haven't done any of those things. However, I will stand with good, honest Americans who have brains and who are willing to think and who are willing to open-mindedly work with people, whether they agree or disagree on every topic isn't important. Uh, but I support the American Free Press, Old Days Spotlight Magazine. I support my friend, John Friend. Uh, I support Sam Dixon, dear friend, uh, James Edwards, dear friend. Uh, and so, you know what? I'm not going to play their game. I'm not going to wither amongst the attacks. I'm going to set the record straight. So Devin Bernhardt, this whacked out guy, you know, they always say what you do if you want to get popular in the media is you punch above your weight, James. So, for example, if I want to get into a tiff and grow my audience, one of the ways they always say to do it is, you know, attack somebody 
uh, more popular, more prominent than you are, and then you can you know punch above your weight and try to get to their level and stuff like that. That's what some of these clowns over at the Rolling Stone and uh, uh, IREHR and the Southern Poverty Law Center, they're trying to punch up to my weight, uh, my influence, my, because they know <laughs> it's the only way they can get there, James. What more can I say? Well, I, they certainly uh, did one that, you know, we've, I've been denounced by Congress before, but that letter that we found out about and uh, as part of your impeccable research here for some of the stuff you're working <laughs> on behind the scenes, so we found out a letter. Ago, it was two, news to us. A year and a half ago, they literally sent a letter to Congress about Sam Bushman and James Edwards. Who am I talking about? What? The Southern Poverty Law Center. These clowns sent a letter to Congress, and the letter literally says Sam Bushman and James Edwards together stand shoulder to shoulder as the nexus of hate, anti-government, and white supremacy in America, and they are dangerous, and they need to be investigated, and action needs to be taken soon. Uh, and so then we found, through our research, the hearing in which they submitted this letter. They attacked Richard Mack. They then submitted this letter about me and James, and they wanted this letter to be read into the congressional record and action taken. Ladies and gentlemen, did, and did I'm they find you, a taker these, for that? Well, we're trying, to, we're trying to find out, right, Sam? Sam's been contacting his own congressman trying to find out well, if you that know, ever if would China, anyway. Russia, and Iran are the new axis of evil, you and James are the new nexus of I want to get paid like it, though. Yeah, right. I mean, I've got to take all of this. We, it needs to be. <laughs> well, my response, though, is this. You know what? The only way the Southern Party Law Center can get enough attention now that they've been thoroughly discredited is to try to punch up to Sam Bushman and James Edwards to try to get a little bit of, um, you know, so they, they go to Congress. They put our names in front of Congress in an effort to become relevant. And so far, as far as I can tell, the FBI, the Justice Department and Congress uh, has uh, summarily rejected well, you know, that's another thing. Proposal. He couldn't do it. Maybe the ADL will come after. Well, him I mean, you know, uh, the, like they haven't already. They, uh, you know, they they certainly have uh, many times over the years. Except by the way, I interviewed a letter. guy the other day that is suing the ADL uh, for defamation. So the Anti Defamation League, ironically, being sued for defamation right now. You know, and we talked to a, an attorney in Maryland the other day who have informed us that Louis Farrakhan is suing the ADL for, I think, like $75 billion or $5 billion. Everybody's suing everybody now. <laughs> well, ain't that the truth? Lawfare but, Nation is what it's come to be, ladies and gentlemen. What a tragic, tragic downhill slide for the greatest country on the face of the earth, right? Well, you know, Sam, I was going to forget the fact that I'd been denounced on the record by Congress. This goes back to, uh, wow, middle of the last... Yeah, Steve early, Cohen of Memphis. Early part of the last... Yeah, he said you especially were reprehensible, Keith. No, nah, well, he said the show was. <laughs> but uh, he... Um, well, that was just one. Yeah, of, Keith Jeffries was another one. Keith, Keith is likely to go in the media and denounce us all. <laughs> We well, be Hakeem, very careful there. Hakeem Jeffries uh, was another one who's now the the Democratic speaker, and he was one who denounced us on the record. They all took uh, um, Steve King. No, Steve King didn't denounce us, but when Steve King was on for one of his appearances last year, he mentioned uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and, and, and was giving the skinny on her. Isn't uh, she and, the one that just got caught in a scandal screaming and going ballistic on her staff? That probably sounds about right. That, but, that, that's a weekly yeah. occurrence. <laughs> but uh, she had denounced what, what happened was we had interviewed Sheriff Paul Babu of Pinal County, Arizona, back in the yes, day. Sheriff, and then uh -huh. he had to go before a uh, Senate Judiciary Subcommittee 
And they started grilling him about the political sense, but of course he threw us under the bus quicker than, you know, yeah. as, as quick I as want, he could. I want to get in front of Congress and have them query me about the political cesspool. Let's see how <laughs> that goes down, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and then they all they took a turn at the mic saying, I want this to be entered into the congressional record that I denounced James Edwards and the Anyway, but this this letter, that, that was a long time ago. This letter. So, is, by the way, is, is I'm newer. asking Congress, though, to give me a chance. If they've put this information in the congressional record about me, I believe I have the right to face mine accusers. I believe I have the right to tell my side of the story before congress so i'm waiting for my chance to testify james uh, wouldn't that be nice wouldn't we, we'll all go up there together hold your breath but uh, nevertheless that was just another we're talking about 19 years of memories and uh, accomplishments hey, and setbacks testify and, with us james yeah sure he will right keith absolutely uh there you got it on record right. now so we're all, we'll, we'll caravan up there together but uh, anyway, so that was just another thing that happened. I would have forgotten that one. That was a pretty big one. But you got to abjure the realm. you got to abjure the realm. This is, uh, we're of this world. Uh, what, what's the old quote, Keith? Help me out. We're not of this world, but... Uh, we're in the world. We're in the world. Anyway, so... In the, the world, world, but not of Oh, it, the music's already playing. Well, I, okay, so I think people know Rolling Stone did a, did a piece on us. It's just the latest chapter in hundreds and hundreds of pieces that have been written. Nary a good word to be said in any of them combined. Whoa. We'll be right back. South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com.
it's a very special time of year for Europeans. I mean, the harvest season, this transition into winter. Believe me, you better have had your wits about you or you were going to freeze to death. You didn't have low-hanging fruit ready to fall into your lap like the layabouts did in other parts of the world. In, in the equatorial region. Well, this is a special time of year for our people, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the program. But right now, we're celebrating 19 years on the air. Yes, I know, folks. Believe me, I know. There is a lot going on in the world right now that would otherwise command our attention on any given show. But I think once a year, it's important to step back and remember where you came from and remember and talk with some of the people that got you there. If you if you don't celebrate from time to time, folks, you forget what you're fighting for. And Sam Bushman was a guy who in 2009 took us in as a standalone show and made us part of a network with network syndication and helped us get it out to a wider audience. And, of course, the rest has been history. Sam, there's so much I want to cover with only one more segment left with you. But uh, that decision to reach out uh, all the way back in 2009, we'd been on the air, obviously, about five years to that point. So we weren't new, uh, but you took us uh, to the next level. Uh, why did you reach out? Well, it's a long story, but my a guy that I was working with at the time uh, said, you know, hey, I was going to syndicate my own show and crank up Liberty News Radio, and I had built and ran radio networks before that and everything else, and I'm like, I'm going to build my own, and then the owner of the previous network we were on, it was Republic Broadcasting at the time, said, don't do it, Sam, uh, we'll fire you if you do, and I said, I don't want you to fire me, but go ahead, and anyway, there was a big old tiff, and I built my own network, I literally stayed up all night and built it in one night. Uh, that's really how the story goes. Uh, anyway, long story short, and then I looked at all the different shows, and I said, hey, who would I consider taking with me if I were to take anybody? Uh, and so I got talking with Michael, who was the guy at the time that we're talking about, and he said, why don't you consider James Edwards? And he said, uh, i got to warn you, you know, James is pretty controversial. you got to make sure you do your research before you take him. What I don't want you to do, Sam, is take James and then decide you don't want him, and now, you know, he's got nobody. James is a dear friend, and I want you to really look at this hard. So I went to the politicalcesspool.org, and I started listening to radio shows, and I started to understand the reference point, uh, and I started to say, you know what? They have got a valid point to make, and I believe in the First Amendment so strongly, I will be the guy to help them make that point. Uh, and then I listened more and more and more. Uh, then I became friends with James, and then we started to spend a little bit of time together, and I got to know his family, and I got to know really his heart. That's really the key here. I got to know his heart and what he really believes and says and thinks and why and what, what really makes him tick. I began to understand his um, true belief in uh, the Southern gentleman style of life and, and belief and everything. And I said, you know what? Not only do I believe in making a point for them politically from a First Amendment point of view, um, but and over time, over the, over the next couple of years, James just became a true friend. And so that's kind of how it happened. And I did my research to say I will not abandon them. Uh, but then over time, I really understood your heart, James. I don't, even, I don't know what more I can say, except for when you literally spend time with someone and get to know their family and get to know their children and get to know each other and spend time together. Pretty soon, the ties that bind are greater than the First Amendment. Well, that was very well put, and I appreciate that. Of course, you know, people, you don't always see what goes on behind the scenes. You hear the least of it, which is the three hours per week we're with you here on the airwaves, but there's there's about two or three more times the preparation for every show than what you actually hear during the three hours we're on, and then that's not even counting the stuff that Sam's talking about, the time spent together. I mean, that trip to the Republican National Convention, that trip to the Trump inauguration, you know, we were together, but it's not just trips like that, which you could call business trips, trips to conference 
conferences together. I've seen Sam speak at the Constitution Party convention. He's been to some of our TPC anniversary reunions. Um, and last year, my wife and I joined Sam and his beautiful wife for a wedding anniversary trip to Branson. And we ate at every restaurant in Missouri, I think, that trip. We've been to baptisms together for other friends. It was we were on vacation. <laughs> together just uh, earlier this summer to, to South Carolina, which I think at least a dozen articles have been written about that. Right, Sam? Uh, they yeah, really love the fact to, that I think you... we just need to go there on a weekly basis and see how many articles <laughs> we can get them to write. Well, I, my God, I, I have never seen such an event so heavily they covered. They literally as, called me personally over at Rolling Stone on the phone, and they said, Sam, tell me uh, about your event. Uh, at Dixie Fest, at Dixie Republican, I started to tell them it was like a carnival, and I, you know, they had a barbecue and a band, and it was just great. This People is interesting, folks. Listen to this: leather products and things like this. And I had to make me a belt, and I was telling them it was just great. Kids were there, and when you went inside because it was hot into the store, they're like, "Would you like some water?" And people were playing kind of like checkers and games, and just hanging out and talking. And the guy stops me in the middle of the stream, and he goes, "Are you kidding me? Do you think I was born yesterday?" And I'm like, he re- yeah, no, listen to I'm this, telling folks. you the truth. I'm telling he, you what he really did. happened. He goes, I don't believe it. Where was the secret meetings? Tell me about those. I went. He really thought it was like a clan. Me- he really thought it was like I was not people. at any secret meetings. I he really know th- what you're talking this- about. This is this is interesting because when Sam told me that because I refused to interview it's for the Rolling Stones, Sam stuff. likes to do it. But they they really think that they they I think they really believe in their own. Spin. The top I think that brass the doesn't believe it for a second. They're on a hate binge. But the average reporter is so innocent and ignorant, they literally believe this garbage. And so they thought well, Sam, that's what we were saying earlier. So I don't even know why they bothered to try to interview anyone because they've got the interview written up beforehand. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that's right. They, yeah, hold on, right. because they want you to make a statement or two that they can quote you out, out of context to make you look like a buffoon. That's why. All right, but but he really thought that there was like it was like a nefarious, as they oh, put totally it, did. anti-government or paramilitary or like people plotting to overthrow or do something violent. So that I said, why don't you go with me next year? And he goes, oh, no way. I wouldn't do that. I said, well, why don't you go out to lunch with me? And he goes, I don't think I could go to lunch with like a racist. This is the Rolling said, Stone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, he's talking about said, the, the really, writer for the Rolling Stone. Then, then why you cannot you go to lunch with a racist. He said, why would you even go out to lunch with anybody like that? I said, same reason I'd go out to lunch with you. And he goes, why? And I go, because I would like to get past this political differences where you and I just think each other's the bad guy. And maybe we can humanize each other. And actually, you know what? Maybe we can All leave right. as decent friends uh, going. That, we disagree on some things, but we can be way. friends, right? Well, that's the, course, the that you're talking my world, again. Keith. Well, that's right, Sam. Sam's one in a million. But uh, we're talking about the Rolling Stone piece, which is the latest of no, hundreds. No, that what have been... happens, Sam, is this. The left always wants to remake you in their image. And Good luck. Not going to happen. If you are not amenable to that, then they have no time for you. I, I'm going to yeah, ask you an impossible question. I'm too question. public and I'm too in their face, and they have to make time for me. Because Sam when is they like call a... me, I'm <laughs> interviewing them. They are not interviewing me. you got to understand that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Sam is like uh, your effort, your your cliche bulldog with a bloody bone, Keith. Uh, That's right. All right, Sam. I, I, impossible question <laughs> with two minutes remaining. We've talked about some of the behind the scenes moments. Uh, you got a minute uh, behind the scenes moments, or or people. You know, you pre- you're not just the owner. You have produced for years our show, and and we've got another production team now, as you, as, as as you know. But um, you've listened to hundreds of shows, uh, guest moments behind the scenes. Two minutes go. I would say my favorite, believe it or not, is Bill Rowland. And, and I'm going to tell you uh, why. Yeah. He was such a, uh, in my opinion, incredible mentor for you, James. Uh, and I saw that in the things that he would say off air. 
And um, he would talk about the media and how we need to stand together. And he, he really came from the same place I do when it comes to we have got to stand for our beliefs. We cannot melt down. We cannot equivocate. We cannot um, betray ourselves. We cannot cuck. We cannot. And he was really the guy that kind of said, listen, you don't need to be belligerent and bombastic, but you do got to stand your ground in a meaningful way. And I, I really took a page out of that playbook because that's where I came from. And when I met Bill Rowland, he had those same views. There was instant solidarity, James. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. And I know Keith is as well. Keith is still with us. Some people come and go throughout the years. It's like the scene in the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Uh, we're all volunteer. I don't want to use the word militia. He uses it in the movie. But we're all, you know, look, people can come and go as, as they please because you're not getting paid for it. And it's, 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 uh, it's volunteer stuff. But Bill if Rowland. If you listen to Rolling Stone and all the liars, I'm getting paid a gazillion dollars, James. The only problem <laughs> I saw is the money. Uh, but Bill Rowland, you know, there was a lot of people who have come and gone over the years, Keith, on our staff, and some of them have gone home to their eternal reward. Bill Rowland was one, and he was instrumental. Well, Bill Rowland was also somebody that, uh, like the old song, was country before country was cool. He was on the right back during the civil rights movement in times like that, and he actually was out there counter-protesting against the civil rights protesters. Uh, so he really had the lineage for this. He knew all the players back in the 50s and 60s and whatnot, uh, particularly the 60s and the 70s. Uh, he was out there. Yeah, and, he gave uh, the political cesspool early credibility, James. He really did as a partner in this. I'm not saying you don't deserve credit, too, but I'm telling you, he was one of the keys that really gave the show credibility right from the start. I'll give all credit to, to, the, to the people that have helped me along the way. I don't have a problem with that. Sam was talking in the first hour. Uh, it, the guests have made this program great. The people who have mentored me have made this program great. Sam, you have made this program great. There wouldn't even be a program without you. So, yeah, I, I, I am happy to be able to step in and do what I do as a showrunner, but uh, it's, it, it is truly a collective effort here. And thank you for God mentioning the name Bill Rowland tonight. Happy All Saints Day. Uh, <laughs> that's right. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Scoop Stanton next. Your daily. Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Skip Kelly. Maine authorities announced Friday night that the suspected mass shooter Robert Card had been found dead near Lisbon Falls from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mike Soschuk, commissioner of the Maine Department of Safety, said that when the shooting happened, police responded quickly. At spare time, uh, a minute after those initial officers respond, eight more are there. Now we're saying now everybody's starting to roll in about the same time. All the victims' identities have been confirmed. Among them, the youngest was 14 years old, while the oldest was 76. Robert Card, a 40-year-old U.S. Army reservist, is accused of perpetrating the deadly attack, resulting in the loss of 18 lives and injuries to 13 individuals in a bowling alley and a bar in Lewiston, Maine. The recent mass shooting in Maine has revived discussions surrounding assault weapons. President Biden asserts it underscores the necessity for a ban, but many Republicans remain unconvinced. Senator John Cornyn of Texas emphasized the importance of preventing individuals with mental illness from accessing weapons. It's not the gun itself that is the problem, because in the hands of a law-abiding person, they're not a threat to public safety. In Maine, military authorities report that the suspected gunmen began exhibiting erratic behavior in mid-July. The state has a yellow flag law in place, mandating both a medical assessment and sworn testimony from police or a family member to temporarily remove someone's firearms. 
I'm John Schaefer. The United Auto Workers Union and GM are potentially edging towards a labor agreement. According to CNBC, discussions persisted into Friday morning. The proposed deal would be modeled after the tentative agreement recently struck with Ford. The FDA is releasing a safety advisory for six states regarding a potentially tainted batch of oysters. Harvested earlier this month, they were distributed in Florida, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maine, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. The FDA is strongly recommending restaurants dispose of these oysters. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. I think Danny would approve of you having that. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard God smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match Ladies and gentlemen, when you're talking about condensing 19 years into one segment, if there's one man who can do it, it's our resident historian and Washington, D.C. correspondent. from D.C. We got to know him all the way back in 2005 uh, when he sent in an email, and he's been part of the team ever since. Since it's none other than our beloved Scoop, and Scoop shines on shows like this. He remembers things that I have long since forgot. Let's see what he has for us on this, our 19th anniversary scoop take it away good evening political cesspool family if i'm a little winded i just took a uh, selfie with our new family member but anyways over the years i have been tasked with providing a top 10 list for the political cesspool in the early years it was pre- relatively easy as we had but so many events uh, go on then it became more too cumbersome as we did things and we saw things as the years progressed so what I did, I decided to do a recap of our most memorable events with our family. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get started. And also, we call ourselves family because we are a family, and we do fight like brothers. I can attest to the fact. Anyways, first of all, of <laughs> course, is one James Edwards and Austin Farley. We owe everything to this two gentlemen. We owe them a debt of gratitude. They are the reason that we are all here and that I am at this very nice Halloween party. Now, Austin went off to run for public office and take care of his very large family, but James was left to navigate the ship through rough waters, and it's been a 19-year voyage. Mr. Edwards has been threatened investigated, slandered, and even and has been called everything but a child of God. 
Now, this is for a little radio show on Saturday nights by a dude on a laptop, and he still stands tall. Then Eddie the Bombardier Miller came along. Eddie pulls no punches, and the running joke is that he gets tossed out of the best political rallies. Now, one of the most emotional shows on the political cesspool, the political cesspool was denounced by a congressional committee. Now, listen to what you, you would swear that these two toughest nails men were tearing up. I was a, uh, a listener. I uh, made up my contribution. I was a listener, and it was emotional for me. And as if the listeners weren't given enough for some of the hardest-hitting talk radio, Sean Bergen came along and closed the show. It's like the Rolling Stones performed in 1969, followed by Led Zeppelin. Then Winston Smith came vast vocabulary and his knowledge of kinism. Winston eventually moved on to support his family in another state. And then Chief Art Frith came along to give some professionalism to the broadcast. So the political suspect did not sound like the radio version of Hee Haw. Chief Frith made it cool <laughs> to clown Mr. Edwards. One of the best shows... For the political cesspool was the farewell show for Art. It was Art, Austin Farley, and Jess Bonds, and it was the one of the funniest shows ever. I remember that one. My anyway, God, that was a long time during, ago. Yeah, keep right. going. And then during the during the early days, uh, James had one of the most unique lineups ever. First, it was our hero Patrick J. Buchanan, who I was, was a hero of even when I was in high school. Followed by actor and patriot Sonny Landon live from his hospital bed under some very heavy medication. It was an interview for the ages. And then James has me close the show. How, how am I going to follow Pat Buchanan, Sonny Landon in a hospital bed under heavy medication, and then me? <laughs> this, this show was Led Zeppelin, followed by the Rolling Stones, and then one Tiny Tim. Page two. <laughs> So anyways, uh, James took the successful end of syndication, and by the grace of God, we ended up with Sam Bushman. Sam also owns Libby News Radio. He's one of the smartest people we know. A few years ago, Sam had a celebration of 25 years on the radio. I was invited as usual, and as usual, I did not have enough money to leave Washington, D.C. So James read a speech that I wrote for Sam, which is very touching. James edited it uh, his own way. He said, uh, thanks for having me here, and uh, have a good evening. Uh, but anything, one thing about Sam, when he is on the air, you better know your stuff because he knows about the topic you're about to talk about than you do. But moving to 2014, it was a banner year for the cesspool. We were 10 years in. Then retired Bridgeport, Connecticut police officer Jim Lancia contacted James because he wanted to uh, uh, promote a book that he wrote. And then James had me uh, feel him out. And then within two seconds, I knew Jim was good to go. Jim came on and has killed numerous times. And then eventually uh, we made him part of the family, and he did uh, my first radio show on Liberty News Radio, and he's still with us. Anyways, another part of the Northeast, News 12 reporter Sean Bergen went on a limb and spoke the truth. And, of course, he was fired. I reached out to him on Facebook, and he replied. I was shocked because I imagine he was bombarded with interview requests from mainstream media and had offers from Fox News. That was not the case. Well, Sean answered my message. Uh, we got talk on the phone. I introduced myself as Peter Stanton. Then Sean asked me who Scoop Stanton was. I explained that that was also me, and there's enough for me to fill both roles. Now, Sean and I did a road trip to Geno Stakes on 9th Street in Philadelphia. Sean came down from New York. I came up from Washington, D.C. Geno's founder, Joey Venter, was a guest on the political cesspool. And then Sean said during the show, 
uh, we were prepping the show. He was frantically doing research while I was stuffing my face with the sandwich. He wasn't lying. Sean also said that uh, across the street were some street musicians playing. Sean said he was going to have me uh, give the street musicians $20 to stop playing. Then in December 2014, Sean told me, told James officers that James Edwards, the officers of Jen Lu and Rafael Ramos were executed sitting in the RMP in Brooklyn on a break. Sean knew this was the start of the war on cops, and this would make national news, and unfortunately he was right, but we did break the story. Now, I make a point to read the names of murdered cops every week on my show nine years later. But more about Sean in a moment. Anyways, April 2014, we snagged Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, who's also a best-selling officer and nationally, national personality on television. It was Charlie LaDuff. His interview was off the chain. Now, Charlie is a friend of Seven Fire Radio as he come, comes on after a few pops wreaking havoc for me and Walter. And now I look at him and Walter Yerku as my older brothers because they fight like me and my brother. Anyways, he is an extended member of the Seven Fire family. Then, August 2014, political festival interviewed radio legend Anthony Cumia. Cumia was recently fired That's from Sirius XM one. and was yeah. starting his his he was starting his own platform for a subscription-based podcast network. This turned into the best interview of both Cumia and James Edwards. Now, during the interview, Cumia told James that he wanted to hang out, just drink some beers, and shoot the breeze. Afterward, I called his executive producer Keith Nasser, or AKA Keith the Cop. And he said Kumi had a great time and looked forward to cross promotions. And Sean Bergen was even booked on Kumi's show without our involvement. But then, of course, all hell broke loose with the media, and that was the end of that. Now, I reached out to Kumi, uh, <laughs> Kumi and Compound Media numerous times with no response, despite Kumi following me for a short time on Twitter until I got suspended. Then, 2016, <laughs> Sam, 2016, Sam and James interviewed Donald Trump Jr. on Sam's show. And as usual, the accusations came out in junior backpedal. Now, Sam came out and listed in precise detail what happened before, during, and after the show. For once, Sam was pissed. Now, I texted James to find out if we were fighting with the Trumps. At, the, at this point so far, we've been beefing with everybody from all sides about everything. Now, I was ready to stand with a ragtag, scattered bunch of misfits against a billionaire <laughs> family with a real estate empire in New York City. On election night, we did a five-hour commercial-free show called The Political Roundtable. It was Sam, James, Eddie, Sean, Jim Lancia, myself, and other guests. This was a proud moment for the entire family was together. Now, James was able to get tickets to the inauguration. Sam and uh, Sean Bergen came down to Baltimore for the inauguration. And, of course, I couldn't make it because I had to work. Now, James knows genius when he sees it. He told Sam Bushman and Sean Bergen to have at it and take over the show. And these two guys took off with more thrust than a 747 leaving Dulles Airport. Now, this wasn't the first time James uh, did turn over the reins of the show. When some piece of trash showed up, shot up the Pulse nightclub in Florida, the cesspool was the only media outlet to denounce the killer and mourn the fallen, despite the differences we have with the gay community. They do have a right to be free. They do have a right to uh, associate among themselves, and that's what they did, harming nobody. But Jim and Sean broke it down to a science, and James listened with bated breath and just did the intros and outros. Page three. <laughs> How much time I got, James? Well, uh, probably seconds, but you actually have brought up a few things that I have forgotten about and things, again, that we wouldn't have mentioned tonight, as you always do, uh, Scoop. Hey, all right, 
All right, let me. All right, let me get to the good part. Um, now we lost Bill Rowan, which it was. We were tearing up, all of us. But again, Sam Bushman said, "Calm this in four words." Bill is with Christ. Then with Dylan Roof, uh, James, you were uh, you were threatened, and we stood by you, and you stood by Sean Bergen. And finally, our best part. We promoted the hell of Sean Bergen when he went to another platform. He invited all of us on the show, except me. James, yeah, take former it away. Fox, yeah, former reporter Sean Bergen. We have worked with so many great people. Thank you for mentioning Sean Bergen, Jim Lancia, and a lot of a lot of memories that would not have been hey brought there, up GBC otherwise. We'll family. be right back. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ. Especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Well, I saw Lon Chaney walking with the queen. London. I saw Lon Chaney Jr. walking with the Queen, doing the werewolves of London. I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. From the D.C. area to the Chicagoland area we go. Scoop Stanton, I want to thank Scoop. He had a tall order tonight trying to break down some greatest moments in one segment, although he did remind me of a few things that had happened that I had forgotten about and mentioned some names that should have been mentioned tonight. Jim Lancia and 
Sean Bergen among them, integral parts of our team over the years. And Scoop, thank you for the job that you have done. You know, Scoop has been with us since 2005. He now, he <laughs> texted me earlier today congratulating me on 19 years and said, did you ever think you'd be the father of your own radio empire with two spinoff shows? Yes, Scoop is the host of what we affectionately call the fourth hour, 7-5 radio that comes on immediately after TPC on this network every Saturday night. And of course, he's not even the only former uh, cast member who has his own uh, radio program now so that's just the way we do things around here but joining us now is uh, jack ryan and jack uh, have you ever seen a werewolf drinking the pina colada at uh, one of the bars outside of chicago i bet you've seen all kinds of things like that out there well, i hope he doesn't have too many or he's probably going to get uh, robbed and Loaded by the. Yeah, you, 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 you probably <laughs> tried to pick one up, Jay. No, 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 no. Yeah, the werewolf's gonna get robbed and looted. He said if he has one too many. Have you seen anything worse than a werewolf in the Chicagoland area? Just Chicago corporate uh, women lawyers. I think they just, they just like, break into yeah, that, that would be like a vampire or a werewolf, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably vampires are more fun. It's smile or something. Might die or something. But yeah, I can't. No, I, I think that's the worst. But yeah, we'll go around the world and see what the most terrifying thing. But Chicago, uh, college, miseducated office women lawyers were really, they're getting the reputation right up there as being being the worst. I mean, you don't see you don't see uh, billboards in St. Petersburg, Russia, saying. Chicago women lawyers want to meet you, and you're like, why? Did I do something bad? I'd rather be sent to Siberia, <laughs> some work camp or something like that. But, you go to South Africa to find your women, right? Um, okay, well, this is another subject for a show, but I, I follow things. I try not to watch TV, what's there to watch or something, but there is a Internet movement going on. It started in the African-American community called Passport Bros. And these are just regular American men that have just given up trying to date or marry American women that are just, they're so hostile. They're not traditional. They're competitive with men. They don't make good girlfriends or good wives. And they just have impossible standards. Just look at, look at Tom Brady, the most, the most successful uh, quarterback in, in world history. He's handsome, six foot three. He's a multi, multi million millionaire, but his wife wasn't happy with him. He, she said, well, uh, he put her his career in front of hers. He didn't do enough housework or something like that. So if Tom Brady can't get a traditional, you know, why does some regular guy? What I, I think it might be a blue state phenomenon there, Jay, uh, Jack. Uh, well, I don't think we have that play. problem down here, do we, James? No, no, no. Well, you thought you didn't have any gay people in the South before. Now, look, look at your South Carolina representatives. You got flames. <laughs> You mean Louisiana? Louisiana. No, they're talking oh, about yeah. Lindsey Graham, Lady G. Well, I don't yeah. know about um, Mike Johnson either. <laughs> I, I, I think he might no, be I've seen, I'm telling yeah. you, I've, no, I've seen guys like that at, at mega churches. You don't see them in the real, in the small Southern Baptist churches, which most Southern Baptists go to. Now, you probably see them in all churches. I, I just don't have, I can't testify yeah. to that. These, but uh, you see them at the big Southern Baptist churches. These corporate types that go to these right. mega churches trying to burnish their reputations, you do find them there. Wait, hold, hold on a second, though, Jack. You're letting work intrude tonight. You're, you're geared up for a normal <laughs> segment. We're supposed to be partying and remembering right. um, good times and right. battles past and where well, we're going from here. Well, I just wanted to say how happy I am to have found uh, the political cesspool. And it is, I think, a family 
of just very intelligent, good Americans, mostly in the South, but but related. And I've been a lot of us. We feel that that we're alone, that we're taking on all the world's problems and corruptions uh, by ourselves. And we try to look, and we don't see anybody that ever speaks the truth from our perspective. Like Tucker Carlson, doesn't matter. He's the highest rated uh, TV presenter. He loses his job. So you just can't find intelligent, principled people in the mainstream media that are presenting our point of view, the rights of our history, our culture. Or at least getting so paid for it. I, when I found it, yeah. When I found the TPC, uh, it's, it's, it's just been great. It doesn't mean that we're going to be able to defeat all these horrible other people, but at least you know we're, we're not completely alone. We're not crazy. We, we can see what's happening, and we do our best. And so I think that I've been honored to be part of TPC. What's it been? It's, it's what it been like about six years, seven years? Well, we were talking about, yeah, we we were talking about that earlier. You came, I first got to know you through Brad Griffin, and you came to one of our conferences, right. and that was when we first met right. in person. And, of course, right. we, we hit it off, and then we had a phone call. We had a phone call conversation, and you talked about, uh, hey, you know, maybe I can do something on the program, and we figured out a role for you. That was around the time, by the way, that Scoop, who was just on the in segment prior to this, uh, went Branching on to start, out. yeah, his own show, and we had an opening, and uh, and you you filled it well. I mean, you know, intermittently, it's not every week, and sometimes it may be for several weeks, right. and you take a little time off. I mean, you come and go as you please. Uh, Globetrotter. <laughs> well, you're always up to something, but no, but uh, it's always fun when you're on, and you're certainly a part of the current uh, team here. That's, uh, you know, people we've been uh with sam earlier tonight we're gonna hear for for more before it's all over but uh, no it's 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 been fun so and but i, I was going to ask sam yeah. bushman this and uh time ran out and he always has such a great answer for this because he's come to so many of our events but you've been to a couple of them as well describe for the audience mr and mrs tpc the kind of people who turn out at our events are obviously the kind of people who are representative of the audience at large uh so when you come right. to one of our events uh jack uh, who do you see? What do you find? Well, there's there's a nice uh, mixture of youth and experience that, that that I was saying, and a nice mixture. <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> you go to these ones and it's, it's all guys, but there's some there's some really talented uh, women uh, there. And I met I met Courtney from Alabama before she was married, and then she came she came later, and she just had some uh, just adorable little children, and some of them were just sort of sort of, uh, they're like two-year-olds and three-year-olds, and they were behind me in a row at the conference, and she said, have my children been, like, bothering you? I'm like, no, they're the cutest things you could ever imagine. It's just so good to see healthy, uh, intelligent people that are family-oriented in this world that's just crazy, and, and it, you, you got to try to keep out as much as you can with, with trainees doing advertisements for Bud Light and just, <laughs> or all this kind of stuff, but just being around healthy, intelligent people and that have some social manners too. That's another thing that, that's, that's lost. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. And we get a history. We go on uh, bus tours of, of, of civil war battlefields, museums. Yeah, sure did. And we have some good singers and we, we have somewhat professional singers and then people can sing, uh, Dixie and, and hymns and things like that. So that's how I really like, I, I highly recommend it, and we're always careful, but not paranoid. So a lot of people they're scared 
of their shadow that they can't go out and stuff like that. No, we've never had a problem. And if we did, we would handle it. We're, we're not, we're not uh, wimps, you know, we know how to defend ourselves. I, I, I like how you very dip, <laughs> diplomatically put it. Uh, our audience ranges from uh, the young to the experienced. I <laughs> <laughs> learned that from the South. <laughs> uh, but we do have, of course... <laughs> We do have, of course, a, a very attractive audience as well. And I, I really liked it. one of the events. I can't remember which one it was or what year it was, but it wasn't too long ago. One of our events, all of the ladies got together and took a – not even all of the ladies, I don't think. I think it was all of the mothers, all of the you know, ladies with young children, I should put, I should say. Uh, and that was a very a attractive – photograph. Beautiful women and uh, intelligent women and um, – Beautiful and intelligent children. And beautiful and intelligent men. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I go that far. <laughs> no, listen. I tell you what. <laughs> we call our uh, uh, conferences reunions, and and they are that. I mean, it is. It is. We use it almost to the point where it becomes cliche, like family, family, family. But my God, when you are under fire, when you are battling with a group of people, not with them, but with them against others, uh, and. Uh, against uh, the the common adversary, and when you are suffering with people, and when you're in the trenches with people, so to speak, and when you rely, I'll, on I'll put our group up against SPLC anytime. I tell you what, it's a wonderful audience. It's a wonderful audience, and it's wonderful. Like you said, Jack. I mean, the future is uncertain. I think I think we're going to have a puncher's chance to turn this thing around. I think every mistake the system can make, it is making, and it's being exacerbated now and in real time with the situation in the Middle East. It's all spiraling out of control. People can no longer ignore the dysfunction of the left and uh, and and of the kosher right, uh, like like this new speaker yep. of the house. But uh, but uh, we will be good shepherds to our flock, whatever flock the Lord has given us. And uh, we're very proud of this audience that we have built and that we have cultivated and that we have maintained for 19 years, Jack. And I want to thank you for the role you've played in the last six or seven years as a part of this program. We're all in this together. Some people come and go. Some people are here for a little while. Right. Some people leave. Some people We're come on. We're all together as until the... Attorney General uh, Garland knocks on her door and puts him in. <laughs> well, and then we'll still be together, and hopefully we'll be... be doing with a bunch of Southern Rebellion guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well... I'm from Chicago, man. Yeah, yeah uh, Merrick Garfinkel. <laughs> but, uh, now, listen. War, right? you know, some people were there in the beginning and they faded out. Some people came in well into our run like you, Jack, and are still with us. And for all the people Absolutely. that have bridged the gaps, I mean, there's only been one that has been there from day one until now, and that's me. Even, Keith, you've been here for almost the entire run, but not from day one. Uh, and uh, Remember the first time I was on the show, what it was for? I was running for office. and you had No, well, you had called in, surely, before that. Oh, yeah, I had called in. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the first time I was an official guest on the show. And, uh, well, listen, Jack, we appreciate you. We've got a third hour still coming. And uh, some of those aforementioned ladies are going to be a part of it. So let's see who's on deck, and we'll find out together. Jack, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, and okay. uh, everybody bless, else, stay tuned. Uh, everyone and, and, and our fans. You got it. God bless you.